On today's show, we have Raya Coble all the way from Boulder, Colorado. Welcome, Raya. Thank you for having me. Oh, so excited, so excited. I've been uh, tracking your uh, amazing feats on, on Instagram is, is mainly where I <laughs> peer into to the wonders. And um, I've, I feel like I've been getting to see some beautiful uh, nature and, and, and countryside for the runs that you go on. That must just be so addictive um, to get out there and see that sort of stuff every day. Yeah, it is. It's really hard to get tired of it. I don't think I ever would. And actually, it was the reason why I moved here, um, because I knew I wanted to train full time. So I wanted to find a place where that would never get boring. And I think I picked a really good spot for that. I, I think you did, too. It's probably the the world's one of the world's homes of uh, of adventure, you'd have to say, I, I say. Yeah, um, it's really incredible because some days like in late winter or early winter, I could go ski in the morning and then run in shorts and a sports bra in the afternoon. And I feel like there's not a lot of places in the world where you can do that. Wow, that must be intriguing. So so for people out there who, who may not have come across you yet, um, tell us a bit about your endurance life. Yeah, um, I'm mainly an obstacle course racing athlete, so I do like Spartan races, stuff mutters, and things like that. Um, but I do, I came into the sport from trail running background, so I always like the longer stuff, um, the longer and slower. Um, so I kind of gravitated towards the longer OCI races as well, and my favorite ones are the eight-hour and the twenty-four-hour ones. And now that I live here in Boulder, I kind of slowly started picking up other sports. So this year I got a little bit more into the uphill skiing or randonnée. Um, I think that's how you call it um, in Europe. And then I'm just starting to pick up mountain biking and I'm going to do some of the adventure races this year. Um, so it's it's a whole, like, I feel like every every day I almost discover something new that I like. But it's most of the time, like, the long and slow and be outside all day type of activities. Yeah, now, there's so much packed into that one sentence that, I, I mean, we could, I could easily just talk for hours and hours and hours <laughs> just about that one sentence. So, so you know, the OCR thing, I'm definitely going to come back and touch on that. Um, Randon A, haven't heard of that. I've written that down. I'm going to go and, um, and look that up. That sounds cool. Um, but this adventure racing thing, like that's, it just sounds so, uh, so cool. This adventure race is that I watched something where Red Bull, they had people with the kite looking thing in their backpack. They had to run everywhere and then they got to fly off a mountain. Is that the style of adventure race or is that a different style or what, what one are you talking about? Yeah, I think that's the kind of it, the gist of it. Um, I actually haven't done any yet because this year is going to be the first first year I try it. And mm -hmm. I feel like I'm in it way over my head. I feel like the one thing I'm really good at is like going for long distances and not stopping. So I have that part. But now I have a few months to pick up the skills and like, you know, learn how to mountain bike, learn how to navigate, learn how to, you know, bushwhack and paddle and all of these things. And it's just a bunch of different sports that you basically have to make it from point A to point B. Wow. Um, and there's different means to do that. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to, to, you know, give it a go. Um, and it's also just the fact that it has so many different sports. It really forces me to cross train, which is then also really, really good for obstacle course racing, um, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. what I currently live off of. So yeah. it's, it's a, it's a win-win in both situations. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Cause that, that is certainly something that I'd like to learn more about. And then, you know, eventually I would, I wouldn't be calling it the flying thing. I'd actually know <laughs> what the names are. So I'll get to that point one day, but you don't just do OCR. You're pretty well one of the best at the obstacle course racing, aren't you? So, so tell us a little bit about that world's 
toughest mutter is is that's the 24 hour one i've heard about that one before yeah tell, tell us a bit about like you know were you just a sporty sporty kid like when did you first sort of start knowing that like sport was life for you pretty early on um i think i was watching tv doing handstands when i was little so my mom signed me up for gymnastics when i was like five or six years old and i did that for a really long time so i was um that was my life pretty much growing up um until i had to end my career career when i was 17 um and then at that point i kind of decided to do all of the teenager and all of the ice cream eating and everything that i've never done before in you know like that one year um, so I actually gained a lot of weight and became really unhealthy. And so then I kind of came back to sports and running specifically, um, mainly to lose weight and become healthy again. And um, I quickly realized that I absolutely loved it. Um, I loved being out on the trails for just extended periods of time. And um, it, I kind of started slowly because when I first started, like a mile was a struggle. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it took a while. It took many years to get my fitness back. But um I feel like now I'm really like probably the happiest I've been and probably the fittest I've been. And I just really enjoy being out there. And I feel like when you get to a certain physical level, um, all of the activities become so much more fun because they're a lot less painful and they hurt a lot less. And it's just more about really enjoying things and trying new things and learning new things. And I feel like that's where I am right now. And so it's really, really exciting to be able to try new sports and um, not do so well at some but still be able to enjoy them and, you know, learn and get better, which is the exciting part. Yeah. And, and it almost is as if your the world is now a menu from you for you when you're at that fit state and that mind space of being confident and being willing and knowing that you've got these transferable fitness skills. You, you could go and do anything anywhere. I mean, why not do adventure races? That sounds like a fun thing. Well, I'll let you know once I do one, I feel like there's still a potential to get terribly lost and do really poorly. Um, But I feel like having that background in gymnastics, which kind of gives me pretty good coordination, um, and then having like probably now what it's been nine years of trail running, um, which is good fitness too. So those two skills combined, especially that was really great for OCR combining those two. I had to figure out how to work on my grip a little bit. But after I had that down, um, OCR ended up being a great blend. Um, and now like really anything else, I feel like it's, it, it takes me a lot less time to learn it, um, than it would otherwise if I didn't have that big gymnastics background. I'm definitely going to do one of these, um, tough mutters, probably the 5k one and who knows, maybe like how we'll go, but, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've joked on here before, um, about not having the upper body strength to do and almost like half the, um, the obstacles seem to really involve you having to pull yourself along. <laughs> so, you know, can you can you remember back to the very first one that you did? Were you, was it just as same adventurous mindset that you thought, oh, I'll give this a go? Like how did the first obstacle race that you did come about? Well, the first one, actually, um, I did a Spartan race in California and I did it with three of my friends. Um, we all went to the same workout class together. So we figured just do, we'd just do it. Um, and I suggest that we all do it as a team and, you know, wait for each other and have fun. And the other three guys on the team were like, we don't want to wait for you. <laughs> mm. We'll just each run at our own pace. And then I think I beat the next person in our team by like 30 minutes. And I beat my then boyfriend, now husband, by two hours. <laughs> so oh, nice. um, I think I think it really helped that I was a good runner at that point already. So I did fail obstacles most definitely, but the penalty was 30 burpees and the amount of time I made up on the run. Um, I mean, I lost time doing burpees, but it wasn't that significant to, you know, put me far behind. 
Mm. I mean, I feel like I would be sick after five burpees. So th 30 burpees <laughs> every time you miss an obstacle is its own challenge. So, so that sounds like a bit of a fun way to get into um, obstacle course racing. And then what was that? Did you just get the, the bug at that point? You thought, I'm just going to keep doing more of these or, or the bigger distances then appealed to you? Like what happened there? Um, it actually wasn't for another three years that I came back to it because that was just more of a fun run and I didn't even know you could do it competitively. Mm -hmm. And then three years later, I realized there is an elite heat. So I figured I'd try that and I accidentally signed up for one of the United States National Series races where the competition was really high and the prize money was really high. And um, I ended up, I think, placing fourth or fifth. Um, I oh, think it wow. was fifth. Yeah, and I got this little coin that said you qualify for the world championship. And then somebody told me that the world championship was in Squaw Valley in California in like Tahoe area. And that it has a lot of up. And I love running up mountains. Like I could do steep stuff forever. Mm -hmm. So I figured if I qualify, why not? Um, and so I did a few more to train for that. And I ended up winning those. So I realized it's something that I'm actually pretty good at. Um, and that I could also make money off. And so that's how I started racing more. Um, until I realized that I really love that kind of racing lifestyle and that I could try winging it full time. So that's currently where I'm at. And then actually for the longer race, the 24 hour race, the first year I was doing it, I heard of that race and I was like, who would be stupid enough to do this for 24 mm. hours? That sounds terrible. And then I was signed up to do it the next year. Oh, <laughs> so nice, nice. That's how a lot of my decisions happen. <laughs> yeah, and, and do you think that's like you, you see this thing? I mean, the fact that you went and you were able to win at that level is just amazing in itself. Like it shows what, what level of, of athletic ability that you have and also the mindset you must bring to things. But then does that sort of happen? You, you're conquering boundaries and all of a sudden you look at something else that looks totally impossible but then it gets into the back of your mind and you're like well wait a minute maybe it's not if they can do it why not me is is that the how does it come to be how do you go from it's impossible to I'm signing up I think for the first 24 hour race it was just I kind of realized that time that like the longer I go the better I place relative to other people just because I'm not very like I'm not a fast sprinter I can run still pretty fast but I will never win a race that's like a flat out like you know two miles on a track um mm -hmm. but if we go for eight hours then I can keep that like still pretty fast speed and I don't slow down so I kind of started realizing that I'm pretty good at that and so then it just seemed like a challenge and I had no idea if I could do it like the, I think the longest that I ran that year was 17 miles in like one stretch <laughs> so I didn't mm. really ever ever go that long so I was just kind of curious to see what would happen if I tried um, and actually my strategy was to go out of the gate really hard <laughs> and see how far I can get before I blew up. Like I didn't think it was going to be 24 hours. I was like, okay, maybe I'll make it 12 and maybe I'll make enough ground on other people that I'll still place decently. And what actually surprised me is that I never blew up until the race was over. And that kind of, that experience kind of made me more confident into trying new things later on. So I feel like because I did that race now, I don't shy away from other challenges that I would maybe otherwise um, because I did realize that I have this pretty talent um, for going long distance and not breaking down in the middle of it yeah. until I decide I'm done. <laughs> then when I decide I'm done, then my body's like, all right, we're done too. You can't walk anymore now. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's really intriguing. So if it had have been like a 36-hour race, perhaps, potentially, um, you may have been able to, to, keep, to keep going. 
that's yeah and, and that's actually another reason why i really do want to try adventure racing is because some of those races go for like 10 days you know so it's like i would never go out by myself and do that unless i'm in a competitive environment so mm. it's really like i want to see where that limit is and it was actually interesting because at this um this the next year when i did the world's toughest mother the 24-hour obstacle course race um I thought I was going to have to go for the entire 24 hours because you can finish any time between, um, I think it's 20 or the 24 hours in to be considered a finisher. And you just kind of have to figure out if you have enough lead to stop. And I was doing fine, like nothing hurt. Everything was good at like 8 a.m. And then at 9 a.m. I found out that I have enough lead that I could stop. And it was like somebody flipped a switch and like everything started hurting. The ref mm. started hurting like crazy. And like I literally couldn't go at that point anymore. So I feel like a lot of it is like mental when you decide you're done. So I want to have something that can really that where I can decide that I'm done until I'm actually done and see how far that can get me. I love the curiosity of this thing. And, and, and who, <laughs> you know, because that does sometimes happen. Like if I know I'm going out for, I did this um, trail run, 22Ks. I'd only ever run 11Ks is, is the um, farthest I'd gone. But because I knew I couldn't stop, I had to get off. And I, I can't imagine how they would have gotten, you know, a 100-kilogram guy off the mountain. Do you know what I mean? Like the last thing, yeah. like in a four-wheel drive. Nah. Like I, so I just had to go and I made it all the way to the end. It, it it is interesting though. Like if I go out for a five k run, I it's probably challenging for me at the four and a half k mark to say, oh, let's just go till ten, because I'm already now my mind has said, no, 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 we're running to five, and it's starting to pack down five hundred meters before the finish. Like no, we're shutting down now. Feel that little niggle. You're tired. You want to go to the bathroom. Um, so it, it's it's very strange how our mind can do that. I find that so intriguing. And I find it even more intriguing that you want to just test where the boundary is. Where is the limit here? I love it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's really like it's your brain and your body. So if you can train your body, then can you push your brain to push your body? Mm, mm, wow. You sound like a really in control there. So, and you, uh, you actually became world champion. So you've, you've won the, the world toughest matter. You won, you won it. You, you, with that lead you're talking about, you were able to stop and that was your victory. Yeah. Um, so that was the second time in a row I managed to defend my title, which was pretty cool. Um, what? so I think, as of as of now, I'm undefeated at any endurance OCR event that's eight hours or longer. Um, so the long the long jam is really <laughs> what what I like and what I'm good at. That's impressive! Oh my gosh, do you, do you look back? I mean, you've always had this competitive spirit and and whatever else, but you know, you're the best and and, and holding it off and keeping it going and and like so humble. But do you ever just sort of sit back and think like, wow, you know? From me just trying it with a few mates to now un undisputedly the best. That must be well, a cool in, thing. In a, cer in a certain event. Well, <laughs> if you put cool. me on a, like a flat eight-mile course, then, mm. you know, I'm like maybe top ten, but that's kind of where I hang. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose it's all relative, isn't it? But that's, that's yeah. really cool. Um, even the thought to me of doing something for 24 hours, like I've started thinking about doing long trail runs and – you know, they go all the way up. I mean, they don't, I suppose there's no limit to how big they can go. I watched a Red Bull athlete do 
2100 miles or something the other day on 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 youtube i was watching that was cool um so i guess it's really just the limit of of wherever your mind and body can take you like you said but still uh you are an inspiration and i think that it'll be um to fun fun to give this a go you've You've gone from a point of you got you know a little bit into the ice cream uh, and and that was cool. You've yes. brought yourself back through the trail. <laughs> a lot riding. of it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of ice cream. I, I've been there. It's okay, no judgment. And um, I'm on my way out of of my ice cream years. And so <laughs> you you've you've obviously it's brought a lot of benefits into your life. Like this is your life now. You do this for a living. Um, what other benefits um, has this endurance lifestyle sort of brought brought into your life for you? Oh, I think it's just my, it's my escape and my happiness. And like, I feel like if I, I go on trails every day and I don't go because I have to, but because I want to. Um, and it also connects me with people because here in Boulder, there's just so many people out there on the trails all the time. And I've made so many friends over this past year, um, just like chatting on a trail and stopping at a summit. And I feel like you don't get there anywhere else because, you know, when you stop at a stoplight, you don't go talk to people about how beautiful that green light looks like. Mm. But when you're at the summit, it's just so much easier to make connections. Um, so I think it's, I think it's mainly that. And I feel like it really it puts life in a certain perspective because I I get to do this every day. Um, and I feel like that's something not everybody has the privilege to do. And I know I won't be able to do that forever. So it really makes me appreciate the moment that I'm living right now and try and make the best of it while I can. Wow. Wow. That's like a real attitude of gratitude. I, I, I love the idea that you're out and about doing what you love every day, and to somebody else, the idea of running up steep hills and running for hours and hours on end would sound like torture. But, you know, you're, you're getting to live this holiday-like dream life um, and you've built a level of fitness that allows you to just go out, explore and enjoy, like, like you were saying before. So that sounds, sounds pretty magical. Um, you must have to every now and then just, just pinch yourself and be like, no, this is real. This oh, is yeah. cool. Mm. I do that a lot. <laughs> So from your perspective, what, what do you think makes up a successful mindset? I actually read an interesting article the other day but by David Roche um, that was about like what, what makes a mental toughness um, or what makes you better at mental toughness. And actually he argued that um, or like there was research done that it's not – when you like succeed that makes you tougher but it's like when you fail but you still are able to find things that you did good so if you like I don't know finish that last in the race but then you recognize that at least you finished or you learned something new and that's really what builds the mental toughness that when you're in a hard situation like I can always go back on like another hard situation that was hard but I did make mental notes of things that were still good in it and I feel like that kind of helps you to push through the hard, hard moments. Um, and actually, I'm also really good at turning my like what were supposed to be pleasant adventures that I do all the time into like completely miserable at certain times. So when we were training for a skiing race, um, we ended up like in this blizzard with 70 mile an hour winds and like negative 40 Fahrenheit wind chill at the summit oh, where there's nobody else around us. Um, and I was so cold and I remember like thinking I'll never be warm again ever again um, but then you warm up and then when you do enough of things like that where um, you're really miserable for a short amount of time um, relatively short <laughs> it feels forever at that time but then you do like get back to you know being comfortable and being warm and being fuzzy and all of that I feel like that's how you really learn that the tough moments don't last 
and that you'll mm. make of it. I feel like that's really what you can then draw on when you're struggling in a race or struggling on a trail run or you're like out and you're bonking and you have no food and you you remember that there was a time when you had no food and you made it back to the car and there was a Snickers bar. So mm. it's just it's I think it's like putting yourself in situation like that and do it often by an accident <laughs> um, yeah. that really builds builds the mental toughness that you need then when it matters. I love that. I love the idea of the mental toughness, but I, but I equally like a, a quote from from way back when um, this too shall pass. And it seems to me yeah. that you're living that. You're in the enjoyable things, the stuff you're you're saying. Well, I just want to make every moment last. I want to enjoy every view. I want to enjoy every run because I know it can't last forever. But at the same time, then when you're miserable, you know that's not going to last forever. And and what you're saying is you've built up a catalogue of times now that when you're in another hard time, it could be hour 19 of your OCR race that you're thinking back to that summit moment. And you're like, hang on a minute, I've been here before, and I made it, and I'm okay push on and and is that is that what happens you just sort of slow down in the moment and just keep inching forward you're not like not quitting yeah pretty much and especially for those like long races like the 24-hour races what I do is I never think of it as a 24-hour race I always think of it as like okay we're gonna do this one lap which is five miles and then I get to eat my waffle and that's gonna be great and then I have to do another lap and then I get to eat like, I don't know, my peanut butter jelly sandwich. So I divide it into small pieces where there's a reward um, somewhere in between um, or like every four hours I get to have an ibuprofen. So, yeah, I'm going to feel good for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's just like little things like that and little rewards and like looking forward to a certain benchmark. That's not like the whole thing because the whole thing is overwhelming. Like, oh, great, I'm going to run for 23 more hours and I'm an hour in. That would be just like mm-hmm. I don't think you could finish if you if you run like that. I like it. Oh, geez, that's cool. So breaking it down to little things, um, dividing it by snacks. I actually had <laughs> lived my life like that without the exercise for a time, uh-huh. like looking forward to different snacks, uh, working on I'm not doing that so much anymore. So oh, you've I still def- do it every day. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. You've, you've defended your title. That would, have, um, that would have been pretty cool to have done, I bet. And what what is like i know you're thinking about the adventure racing things and the, and the uh the randona i think if i've said that right but what is 2019 looking like for you is there is there some big goals that you've got um you know whether it's in the ocr space or or outside of it yeah um i guess in ocr there's another 24 race um put up by spartan race which is in sweden this year um and i wanted to do it last year in iceland but it didn't quite work out um, so that is like one my my big goal for this year is to try and do that one. And it's it's always hard to like you know plan on winning it, but I just want to do as well as I did for the world's toughest matter, where I can go for twenty four hours and don't stop, and then see where that gets me. And I guess the even better part is that it's in Sweden at a ski slope, so it's long and it's steep. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like it's two things that I really really like and I'm good at. So I'm really looking forward to that, which is. Um, in November like the first weekend of November um and then there's another like there's world championship and the championship series races where um I'm just hoping to perform consistently this year and I guess not get injured which is what happened to me last year so that's probably my number one goal is to just make it through the season without having to take a break because of an injury um, and then the rest of it is like, I want to just see how good I can get at adventure racing. And if that's something that I really enjoy and then see where that takes me. Um, but I'm also going to try a few sky races this year. So I did one last year. 
Um, and I'm coming back to that same one, which is in Tahoe, and then trying a couple of more um, because it's also just running up hills, <laughs> which I which I really enjoy. Um, so it's kind of like a mix and match of different sports, and um, I feel like you need Plan B and Plan C mm. um, just in case if Plan A doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it and it keeps it interesting as as well. And like you were sort of saying before, both tie into all of them sort of tie into one another it's going to keep that fitness up it's keeping your mind sharp keeping your confidence up uh, and it sounds like a lot of fun to go and do those things as well so the spartan race i've sort of seen it there are probably some similarities between that and toughest mudder like i guess that you know they're very inventive it seems to me with the obstacles and they seem to be constantly bringing out new obstacles um that's something that i sort of see in my facebook feed they come up with all these yeah i think oh my god they're jumping through rings of fire now they're jumping over fire <laughs> fire i don't know if we needed to bring fire into the mix but all right um yeah are they, are they a bit similar spartan and world toughest mother yeah um the Spartan race, the difference is that, um, so for the World's Toughest Matter, you are able to help each other. So like when, you know, 10 hours into the race, it's really hard to go over walls by yourself. You can have somebody give you a push. So it's a lot of like working with each other and things like that. And when you feel an obstacle, um, the penalty is running. So towards the end, if you can't do anything else anymore, you just run. <laughs> and that's mm. it. And then I guess the running is like, it doesn't count towards your final mileage. So you could be running like 25% more every lap. Um, or like 50% more every lap that doesn't count, but you could still keep moving forward. And then Spartan race um, is you can't help each other. So it's you basically it's you against yourself the whole time, which is a whole other different kind of challenge, especially when you have to carry really heavy buckets up and down the ski slope for like, you know, 24 hours. Um, so I'm really I'm really curious to see how I do with that, because I know I can run for a very long time. I'm not sure if I can carry buckets and sandbags mm. for 24 hours. Um, and then if you feel an obstacle, it's 30 burpees. Um, and you do those burpees for the 24-hour race in like a regular Spartan race, which is 5 to 13 miles. Um, the ultras are 30 miles. Um, you would do burpees right at the obstacle. But for the 24-hour race, you do them all at the end of your lap. So mm. every lap, you could potentially be doing 180 burpees oh, before you no. go <laughs> on the second lap. Um, so it's really it's a lot like being very very strong and having good grip strength and um, obstacle proficiency because you can save a lot of time um, just not having to do that. <laughs> not having to do a thousand burpees at the end because yeah because you can even make it almost all the way to the end of an obstacle and still fail it hey like yeah. yeah so that's scary you've done all the gripping all the doing whatever and then drop off and now I and you just in your mind you're like oh no another 30 burpees like yeah. you're, you're doing the math whilst you're running and that's just adding <laughs> up to the power of three oh god uh, so that does sound pretty interesting I'm I'm just so impressed by the whole obstacle course racing thing like um, there's zapping and there you're under barbed wire and the next thing you're climbing over these different things um, it's it's interesting that someone went and thought these things up like military inspired I suppose or, or Spartan inspired I don't know but uh, I do find that very intriguing now you mentioned to yourself that you you're telling yourself in your mind you know, this is how to keep yourself going. Um, you, you're, you're looking forward to waffles um, or, or, or the snack or whatever else it might be. Um, yeah. and, and you talked about sort of saying, you know, just to think about the dark times. Is, is there anything else in your mind? Do you have like a mantra or is it just thinking like um, David Goggins for a time talked about how he has this cookie jar in his, in his mind. He goes into the cookie jar and pulls out those times 
that he uses to fuel himself forward. You mentioned that you're looking back to those other dark times that you've made it through. Is is that is that all you draw on when you are in a dark time and an event to keep going? Waffles, you know, the treats and the <laughs> and the other dark times, or is there something you do you tell yourself something or like no affirmations yeah. or something? Um, actually, I'm pretty critical of myself a lot of times, so I, I get really, really beat down if I feel like I didn't perform my best. So if I do a race and I finish in like 10th place, but I finish with nothing left, I'm like super happy with the 10th place, but I would really beat myself up if I finish in second or third, but I felt like I had more left to give. Um, and so I know how bad it feels for me to not really try my hardest. And so in a race, I keep reminding myself that whatever pain I'm in right now doesn't hurt as much as quitting or not trying as hard as I can would. Um, and so I think that's that's probably the biggest thing that I keep reminding myself when it gets really, really hard to move forward. Oh, oh that's powerful. That's super powerful right there to think of beating yourself up afterwards knowing that you had more in the tank um you know that that is really intriguing because that feeling of like maybe you quit or may it's not even like quitting i suppose it was just that you didn't give your best that eats me up a little bit inside too but i'm still able to quit certain things at times <laughs> so so that shows I, I sometimes too but those are the times when i know how bad it feels to quit so mm. i think you need those times to know how much you actually care about not quitting yeah, I like it. Something else I'm I'm intrigued to know more about is um, the steep thing. You know, I went and did this trail run and, you know, they show elevation, whatever it is. You guys probably use feet of elevation. I don't know. We seem to use meters here. Spain, yeah, so I can, I can do both. Okay, sweet, sweet, sweet. <laughs> so, so I think this the run I had done, I can't even remember now, it's probably like 1,200 meters of elevation or, or whatever it might have been. I can't remember. But – it was the steepest place I've ever been, ever. Like, I've never been anywhere steeper. It's probably not even steep compared to stuff that you've run on. What's the trick to – because my strategy in the race was walk the, um, run the flats, run the downs, walk the ups. I probably should have researched the race because it was basically all ups, so I did a lot <laughs> of walking. But does your body just get used to going uphill? Like I find running uphill is quite exhausting. And so is there a trick to it or do you just have to work that fitness up and then all of a sudden it becomes easier or how does that sort of work? I feel like that almost, I think, comes from my gymnastics background. I think I really just have really strong butt and like thighs and calves. And so the way I do uphills is um, unless there's like boulders in a way and like stairs, then it's like power hiking too. But if it's just a steep trail, I take very, very small, quick steps, um, but I don't walk. And that for me is actually really energy efficient. I don't get tired if I keep doing that for a very long time. Um, and I think it's just the way I'm lucky that my body knows how to run. Um, because I never, when I started running, I never ran with people. I never like looked up how to run. And so I never even considered walking up the hills and running up the hills was never really something that I was like, oh, this is so hard. I want to start walking. Um, so I think I just really lucked out. And actually, sometimes in races, when I run up the steep slopes, I don't go any faster than people who are power hiking next to me. But when I get to the top of the hill, and I start running because that like small quick steps 
isn't as hard for me, I can recover from the climb pretty quickly and then pick up the pace at a higher pace than if I had to hike it just because I don't really know how to hike very efficiently. Mm. Um, so that's actually something I'm learning this year because here in Boulder, a lot of the trails have like very, very tall steps where you have to like com- almost do a box step up when you're going up a trail. And so obviously you can't run that. So that's one skill that I've been trying to work on um, just to, you know, have different modes of going up the hill because then you can rest some muscles muscles on a certain ascent and then work on other muscles on another ascent and then you're overall faster yeah and and coming back down i found was a bit intriguing as well so uh i'm I'm learning here thank you for the tips this is great (laughs) but like coming down i felt like um it was very jolty like you know did then there's little rocks everywhere it's it Trail running is really kind of technical, probably not every track, um, but a lot of it is. It's. It, have you ever sort of just been running down a trail and just come, come, slipped over and, you know, rolled down the hill or rolled a bit of the oh way? God, so many times. Mm, mm. Um, actually, that is something that I was really bad at too, like the technical downhill running, because I learned how to run in California where the trails are somebody vacuumed them for you before you went. So. <laughs> There were really no rocks or anything I had to avoid. And so like Boulder coming here was super technical. Um, so I was really, really slow at the beginning. And I rolled ankles all the times. And I um, swam on my belly on the trails more times than what I would have liked to. Um, mm. But what's really, really, really cool is that you can learn that and you can see how much better you become. And I think I've kind of started making those like neurological connections when I can now look forward on the trail, not where I'm stepping. And I kind of know where to step. So my times are just getting faster. Um, they're not anywhere near where they should be. So I still, you know, and like on the races, it's more like how much time can I make up on the up so that people don't catch me on the down. Mm. Um, but it's, it's just like fun to see the progress. And others are probably thinking the opposite to you. Like, okay, this, I'm just going to just deal with this up, <laughs> but on the down, I'm going to really yeah. run fast. Yeah. Okay. I see. I see. So I'm learning to be able to run uphill. I can see almost all these races uh, have it. And the, the uphills really, I think mentally, like going down a hill, I know it's a bit dangerous and, and slipping, whatever else, but it something just feels nice that gravity is pulling my body weight down the hill. <laughs> momentum is there. Uphill, gravity is trying to pull me the other way. Like it doesn't want me to go up the hill. So it is mentally pretty challenging to get up hills, I find. Not obviously, it doesn't sound the same for you but probably for everybody else that's just thinking about getting into the endurance stuff the uphills are god scary there's a summit with a view at the top oh there's no view at the bottom the hardest hardest climb brings the best view okay i like it my favorite runs are when it's overcast down here there's quite a lot of inversions um like in the winter here so it could be like snowing down here and it's like overcast and so what I do is I like look at the road cameras that are higher up in the mountains see if it's sunny there because then there's a chance that the peaks that are close by to where I live are actually above the clouds and so those runs are the best because you run uphill for like an hour and there's a teeny tiny chance you make it above the clouds it doesn't always happen but on the days that it does it's just such an amazing reward like you're in an aeroplane, you just you're you're at such a height, and and don't worry about there is no such thing as bad weather. I'm just going to go to where it's sunny. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Oh, that's super cool. 
So like another thing I've um, started looking at a little bit is um, shoes. I mean, I, I don't know if, if you're working with a few um, brands at the moment, um, you know, probably are, but uh, not, not just even with shoes, but in general, and it'd be good to know about who, who you sort of do work with. But do you have like a go-to shoe for when you're going trail running? Yeah, um, so actually that changes all the time. I feel like my feet get so picky and they change their mind all the time. Um, but I do like Merrill Agility Peaks a lot. Um, so they are a little bit more cushioned and a little bit more supported. And they have a rock plate in it, which is like the steel plate at the bottom. So if you step on a sharp rock, it doesn't go through the sole of your foot and poke you in the like the bottom of your foot. Um, so I like those. And then sometimes when my feet get tired and like things start hurting, like right now I have a sore heel that hurts a little bit. So I like to run in something that's a lot softer. So right now I run in hookahs. Um, so those are like moon shoes, (laughs) but, um, yeah, like they're super, super soft. Um, Mm. but I like, it just, I kind of reevaluate every now and then. And I just try to wear a variety of different shoes. So like high heel to toe drop, which is the difference between the height at your heel and the toe. Mm. Um, and the higher the heel to toe drop, the less strain you're putting on your calves. But the higher the heel to toe drop, the lazier your foot gets. So your arch becomes weak and that can lead to injury. So I like to make a combination of both. So like I do easy hikes or walking around in zero drop where your heel is at the same level as your the balls of your feet. And then if I do like a really long um, run that's going to have a lot of uphill, then I do higher heel to toe. Um, but really it's um, for OCR, I need something that drains really good and has good grip. So um Merrill Agility Peaks are really great for that um and some of the hookah models are great for that too um and then I just switch things around all the time mm. yeah it's, a, it's an interesting one the the you know in trail running you're running through a creek you, like some of them they've got that rope adventure racing you'll um no doubt be um, getting some yeah. some water in amongst things I've got these shoes that where the water it's got the holes on the side and I'm guessing that the ones you have could be similar where the water just drains straight out of them. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem to me that all trail shoes do that. So like if you're running through a creek in a normal pair of trail shoes, do they get the water out of them pretty quick? Um, well, I never tried it. Uh. <laughs> um, I actually, what I do is if I'm considering trying a new shoe, I would actually run the sink water through it and see how fast it drains. Ah, um, ah that's clever. So waterproof shoes are really, really bad for that because you will eventually get water in them when you cross a river. Um, and then that water will stay in there forever. You can't so out. I, waterproof I, in I, and out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I stay away from waterproof. Um, and actually, I'm pretty lucky that my feet don't get cold. So even when I run in the winter through the snow and my feet are perpetually wet, um, I don't get blisters and they don't get cold. So I don't have to deal with that. And a lot of people ask me how to fix that, and I don't really know because I'm lucky it's enough how to you not build. have to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't oh wow? Can can I ask then? This is totally kind of off topic. What were you doing a job before you then got into all of this sort of stuff? Like, were you, I don't know, you you were somewhere working at a news agency? Like, I don't, like that's crazy job to think up. But like, were you doing something before this life struck as your full time yeah. gig? Um, I was actually a graduate student. I was getting my working on my PhD in applied physics at Stanford. Oh wow! Um, but Right as I finished my master's um, in materials engineering, um, the running kind of picked up. Um, And I actually realized I prefer working with groups and I prefer being told what to do rather than telling people what to do. Um, So I realized that I probably don't want a PhD. 
And so I dropped out of PhD, um, took my master's and moved to the mountains. <laughs> wow. See, see, that's intriguing. Like that's a big difference from news agents. I wish I'd aimed nothing wrong with anyone <laughs> working in a news agents, but I, you know, I, I'm sorry I quoted low there. But the it, it's so intriguing. To, like you are just built with so much going on. Like you've got this amazing sharp mind, super down to earth and friendly, and then yet you've got this body that can go forever Toes that don't get cold. Um, and, and can, <laughs> My best and, asset. <laughs> well, yes, but but even like the you know the gymnastics body and the things, it's intri- intriguing how it's all come together to make this perfect storm or a, or a perfect person, um, including your mindset in on that for you just to be busting boundaries wherever you go. That it's like how do we not get you into adventure races so we can see what ten <laughs> or more days looks like. That's exciting yeah. to see. I can't wait to watch what happens in that space. Well, uh, actually, just the, the other day, I had to make one decision. I was deciding between, like, two different paths for 2019. And um, both of them were, like, great, but both of them also had downsides. And I was like, man, I wish I could Google this. And mm-hmm. I realized that my life right now is just so unique that, like, my problems are no longer Googleable. No um, one could answer that question. Yes, that's right. Uh, no one but me, yeah. So I feel like it's such a privilege to have this kind of life where, I cannot Google my problems, which aren't really problems to begin with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I like it. I like it a lot. And so if you were um, giving some tips to, you know, people that were thinking of getting into endurance activities and, I mean, look, you know, you've you've got the full uh, array of, ad- of adventurous and endurance activities, um, you know, right at your fingertips there. Um, so, you're, so you're poised well to be able to, to give some tips. But what would you, um, you know, say to those people sort of thinking about getting into it? I feel like at the beginning, when you're starting, everything is going to hurt. So like running hurt so much when I started. Um, But then figure out, like give it some time. And then if it's something that you really enjoy doing, um, if you keep doing it, eventually you don't realize when that happens, but eventually you become so good at it that it no longer hurts and it's just fun. And so just make a promise to yourself to keep trying for a certain amount of time like it should be more than a month probably um before you make a decision to quit or to keep going um but if you don't like it I feel like if it's something that you don't enjoy and it's been going for a while and you still don't enjoy it then even if it seems like such a great option and even if other people think that you should stick with it then you really shouldn't then you should find something else because there's so much out there to do even mm. like just different adventure uh, different endurance sports um that there's probably something that you will enjoy and it's the feeling of being good at it and loving it is just it's worth chasing yeah i like that I, I like that about the enjoyment thing it seems that a lot of people i was talking to about the trail running were just like oh my god you're out there and it's so wonderful and so amazing and i think like that much conviction telling me that every time I had to go and give it a go for myself and I took headphones and I was going to listen to headphones and then I just realized it is just so beautiful listening to the little, you know, the little bugs, I don't know what, the yeah. birds, something, you know, something's making noise all around you um, and it's not like, oh God, is that a bear? You know, I'm not, not scared <laughs> by the noise. It's just, it's just tranquil and lovely and, you know, I felt at home doing that. Um, and I, I feel at home doing the endurance stuff as well. So I can see what you mean that when 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 that enjoyment strikes, 
you you can't miss it. You know that you're enjoying the thing. So uh, push through that initial initial uh, period of time. I like that. Anything else that you would suggest to to newbies? Um, don't 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 worry about speed or how fast you go, how far you go. Just just go and go until you don't want to go anymore, and then stop. And then the next day, that will be a little bit further. Um, at the beginning, I never really cared what the time was or what the mileage was. Um, so I think that's really the best way to enjoy it and not break. <laughs> and that's a cool thing. Like from from the ice cream years, I feel so bad that we've coined this era of your life, the, the, yeah. ice, cream, the ice cream era. Uh, no, it's, it's accurate. <laughs> but, but what was your favorite flavor? Do you, do you reminisce? That's, that's not where I was going, but I'm, I am curious. Like three buckets a day. <laughs> So whatever was in the freezer. <laughs> okay, okay. But like from from the ice cream era to now, how many years has that has that been? Approximately. I think so. I quit gymnastics in two thousand and seven, and I was right. I was about like ninety hundred pounds. Um, so that's what I think, like fifty kilos when mm-hmm. I quit. Um, and then in about two years, I was seventy five kilos. Um, Whoa, so. Okay. Then it took from like around 2010 is when I decided that I should do something about it. And it took probably like a good four or five years um, to get into decent shape. Um, And about two or three years ago, I kind of got back to the steady state when um, I'm a little bit heavier than I was when I did gymnastics. But I feel like right now it's where my body needs to be to Mm. be able to function. Yeah, and see, see, that's cool to think because for myself, I've only been sort of ha- having a good crack at this sort of stuff since summer started over here, which I don't know, summer in Queensland kind of is all year round, but uh, let's just <laughs> say like, you know, maybe October last year-ish. And when I when I think about how long I've been going and how long I'm going to have to go, it gives me strength to think it could take five years before I really get to a point where my body's at where it needs to be and then before that real fitness starts to kick in. I don't need to go too fast right now, like you said. I don't need to go too far right now. I want to. Um, but knowing just to stick with it, that it will come. And what's exciting for me is that a lot of people I talk to may not be able to see themselves where you are but that's also been, by the sounds of things, a, a seven-year journey from the ice cream yeah. era. So, so it, that's it something. Really, it helped me. It like I tried to do it quickly because I really didn't like the way I looked. I didn't like the way I felt. I didn't like the way how hard it was to go up a flight of stairs. Um, and I did like I I had some eating disorders, and one time I didn't eat for two weeks, and I lost a lot of weight, but all that just came right back. So mm. I really didn't start healing until I decided that I don't care so when I decided I don't care if I'm bigger and I decided I just want to be happier again and run and I didn't give up ice cream immediately all the way I still ate but I started eating just a little bit less and so once I accepted that it's not going to be overnight and it's not going to be in a month or two months that it's going to take years that's when it really started moving in the right direction Wow. Wow. Like that, your whole story is just so incredibly inspiring. You know, and I know this is probably weird and I'm probably gushing, but you know, I, I just, I, you know, because what a transformation and, and yet you're still just at this peak level now where almost the, like the world's your oyster. If you want to go and put your mind to something, there's a very good chance that you can go and do it. 
You don't even have to win. You probably could. You don't have to, though. That's the most amazing thing. Like, you can just go and enjoy and try and do whatever you want. And anybody else, me or anyone else, we're probably sitting right now with the spoon in the ice cream bucket thinking, <laughs> like, oh, I don't want to give up my hokey pokey or, you know, or my cho- double but chop. But you, you don't have to. You can still do all of that, you know. Like, that's the beauty of it. Like, once you start doing endurance sports, you can eat all the ice cream you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're run, you're running around eating waffles, and it and it's totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh wow, yeah, no, well, that's that's really cool, and I and I feel like a lot of people, um, you know, will will take a lot from from hearing this chat today. So, if people wanted to follow along and and you know follow your journey, well, what's the best way for them to do that? I think I'm most active on Instagram. So if you follow me at Rhea Colbull, so my first and last name, um, that's where I like post a lot of stories from my daily life. And um, if they want to message me, I try to respond to as many as I can. Um, that's probably the best platform. I'm also on Facebook, um, my first name, last name. Um, but I'm not sure if you can still add me as a friend there. But if you send me a message, I'll respond there as well. Um, and I think those are the two main things right now. I'm still working on my website, but I don't find enough time to sit down to actually finish that. So that's probably a good thing. That's, <laughs> that's a good thing. Up. Yeah, because you're out <laughs> there living your life. No, I like it. I like it. And, and if and if you are out there enjoying things, um, if we do even just get a little sneaky peek in on that um, using Instagram, I can tell you right now that that is super inspiring. Uh, you Thank you have you. just been so wonderful to talk with. I, I honestly, again, I could feel like I, I could talk to you all day about all these different things, and I can't wait to see <laughs> you jumping into some of these other events and seeing what um, what 2019 and beyond brings to you. Um, but I really just want to say a big thanks for for taking the time to chat today. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It was great.